0: Welcome to JeruRadio.com This is Halacha Hour on Wednesday afternoons From 2 to 3 p.m. live The numbers to the station if you would like to call in if you'd like to text in your question On the halachot that we're learning And we are learning the halachot of Havdalah On Motza'e Shabbat Hashem. We hope to finish today Parashat Vayetse And all the laws of the Havdalah The numbers are 718-683 5858. That's if you would like to call in to ask your questions live on the radio. If you want to speak off the air, then you can either tell the technician when you call in your question and he'll send it in to us, or you could call in after three o'clock. That's an hour after the show. The number to text in your question is 347 927 8398. Again, 347 927 8398. These are the numbers to call in with your questions. If you'd like to listen to the radio, if you'd like to listen to this class, then you have a few options, either on JRootRadio.com, on the Radio Pro app, or you can listen on the phone by calling 718-506-9099. Also, you could watch this class live on JRootRadio.com. We are streaming live by video as well. The, today's class is sponsored, Le'ilu <speaking in> Nishmat Yaakov Ben Victoria, whose Shloshim is actually tomorrow. And let's get to the class, Like we mentioned, we're in the Halakha, where the, we're learning the Halachot of Motsa'e Shabbat, specifically the laws of Havdalah. Right now, we're up to the laws of Havdalah. Last week, we got to discuss the main, oh, one of the, some of the busiest Halakhot in Havdalah, the laws of Besamim, and the halachot of Boreh oreha esh, but because of the time we weren't able to finish all the halachot, so I'm going to review just very, very quickly some of the halachot of Havdalah before we go on to the next halacha. Six halachot to keep in mind when it comes to Berchat Boreh oreha esh. specifically Berchat Boreh oreha esh which we're focusing on today. Hopefully we'll finish it and we'll finish up also the parasha. Number one is that the reason for Berchat Boreh oreha esh is because... Hashem put the idea in Adam Harishon's mind on Motzai Shabbat, the first Motzai Shabbat in history, that he should create fire by knocking two stones together. That's why we make the bracha of Boremi Meoreh specifically on Motzai Shabbat. Now, another halacha, second halacha. You cannot make brachat Boremi Meoreh on any fire which was lit with an Isur, by committing a sin, meaning... If a Jew lit the fire on Shabbat, you can't make a bracha boreh me'oreh ha'esh on that fire. Same thing would be if a Goy lit the fire on Shabbat, even though a Goy is not commanded in keeping the laws of Shabbat, but since if a Jew would have done the same thing, it would have been Asur, so therefore you can't make a bore boreh me'oreh ha'esh. Third halacha is that it's preferable, that if a person was making the bore boreh me'oreh ha'esh, he should make it on two flames, what we call an avuka, which is two flames together. If a person doesn't have that, if you find yourself with only one flame, like for example, a regular candle, then you could even make it all also. One flame is also good. The halakha of having two fires is only lekhathala. Also another halakha, very important halakha. Most people don't pay attention to this. When making the brakha, the fire that you're making on, that fire had to have been lit for the sake of providing light. If the fire was not lit for the sake of providing light, it was lit for any other purposes, such as, for example, your stovetop. When you're putting on the gas on your stove, you're putting it on usually to cook. So you can't make bracha of boreme on that fire. You also can't make bracha of boreme on a yard side candle because it's not lit to give to provide light, especially that we have electricity today. Rather, it's lit in order that we should give honor to the soul of the deceased. So in those cases, you cannot make a bracha of boreme on those fires. However, those candles that you can't make a bracha on, you could use them as a second flame in the avukah. Remember we said, it's better to make a bracha on two fires together. That's called an avukah. So if you have one flame that's lit, according to halacha, in order to provide light, the second flame could be from a Yortzai candle. It's fine. Next, halacha, number five. One cannot, be in the case where, uh, excuse me, the light cannot be in the case. If you don't see the flame and the rays directly, then you cannot make the bracha of Boremir Haesh. You have to have, yeah, you have to be able to see the flame as well as the rays. For example, let's say the candle is in a box and you see the rays coming out of it. You can't make a bracha, even though you are benefiting from the light. You need to actually see the flame as well. And finally, the last halacha. We said already that you cannot make a bracha of Boremi Ra'esh on electricity, on candles, on me, on on light bulbs, even the yellow ones. Kavahomer the fluorescent lights. Everybody agrees, fluorescent lights. you cannot make a bracha on it. And by the way, this for the sveladim is even Abad. If you made it on electricity, even b'diabat, you're not. You'll say For the Ashkenazim, for the Ashkenazim, they have somebody to be matir and. I'm not going to say it's mutalakat because even they don't hold 100% mutalakat If you're Ashkenazi and you're wondering, what do I do? If I'm in a hospital, I'm in a hotel room, I don't have candles, what should I do? Well, Sfaradim, you don't make a bracha of Boreh It's fine, you can make a brachat of Boreh But for Ashkenazim, then you should ask your local Orthodox rabbis to see what your... Particular Rav holds about making electricity, making bracha of borei on electricity when there's no other choice. Let's move on now to the halachot, to continue in the halachot of fire of borei meor haesh from the benishai halacha tet vav. What today we will do, because there's a lot of halachot left, I'm going to be selective in what we read inside. Even what we read, we we probably will not read most of the halachot from inside, but still, we'll try to do what we can. Next salacha is looking at your fingers when making the bracha of Boremira ish. We all know when it comes to brachha boremi'aesh, we see we do all these different kind of gestures with our fingers, with our hands when making the bracha. Let me read you from the Benish Hai how to do it properly. Okay, let's begin. When a person is making bracha of el ish, Take your right hand, bend your four fingers inside of your hand. And your thumb should be under the four fingers. That's the way to make the, to hold your hands when making the bracha of boreh meoreh haesh. Okay? And your hand, even though the fingers are closed, but it should be facing you. Okay? So again, if you can see this on video, you see my hand like this. And then mean to say it's open, then you bend your four, you you put your thumb in, you bend your four fingers over your thumb, and it should be facing you in such a way. That's a proper way to do it, and to look at your basically between your skin and your fingernail. And don't do the following. Don't look at your fingers, don't put out your hand open. The back of your hand. Don't keep your, your hand open and look at the back of your hand from the light. Also, don't open up your hand Um, uh, even though you're looking on the inside of your hand uh, against the light and then bending it. Rather, always keep them, first close them and then put it next to the light. Also, like we said, basically, don't do it any other way. Just keep it this way. That is, Aliza says, bend your four fingers over your thumb and look over there. Okay? And then he talks about what the best candle to use for Havdalah. And he says that the best one to use is wax candles. Now, we want to understand what's a pshah? What's the whole idea of bending your fingers, bending your hand. We don't find this by any other thing. If you're supposed to say Al belachot, you don't see. We do all different types of gestures. So let me tell you, let's begin with the first Pashut shad. the simple reason for the for bending the fingers, really. The Gemara explains, and it says the following words, which are brought down in Halakha. En ur ad otu You cannot make it on fire until you benefit from the fire. otu means coming close to it, to be able to benefit from the fire. So now, the fire that you're making on has to be Strong enough means that when you make it, it the fire has to be strong enough that you're able to have benefit from it. What is light? What is a fire? What kind of benefit to get from the light? We said fire in this case has to be in order to provide light. Not for heat, not for any other reason to provide light. And therefore the light is used to be able to discern between two items. When it's completely dark, everything looks the same. You can't see any difference. Light gives us the ability to distinguish between two items. So therefore, when you're close enough, says the Gemara, to be able to tell the difference between two coins, if you're holding a penny and a dime, when it's dark, you can't really tell which one is which, right, when you reach in your pocket. But when you're holding it next to the light, you can see which one is a dime and which one is a penny. So when you have enough light, where you're close enough to the light that you're able to tell the difference, then you can make the bracha. For the same thing, if you want to be able to tell the difference between your nail and your skin, you shut the lights in your house and it's completely dark, you can't see the difference. Only when you're close enough to the fire that you can see the difference between your fingernail and your skin, that's when you could make the bracha of boreh me'oreha esh. And that's why, the simple reason why we bend our fingers when it comes to bracha of boreh me'oreha esh. That's the simple reason. Now, the one Kabbalistic reasons, there's a lot of Kabbalistic reasons, there's a lot of different... Say We'll give you just one, because you're looking at your fingers to see the difference between your skin and your nail. The nail is a reminder of the sin of Adam Harishon, because Hazel tells us before Adam Harishon ate from Neitzadat, his whole body was covered with nails. After he ate from Neitzadat, the nail shrunk to the size that we see today. That only is, it's only at the edge of the person's body the extreme edges, by the f- one's feet, by one's fingers as well. Okay? So that's the simple and a little bit not so simple explanation. Now, but let's get back to Halakha. <clears throat> There's a very important uh, concept over here. Hazal tell us, me brachim aur, otu Like we said, you have to benefit first, which means you have to look at the fire first, benefit from it, and then you make the Berakha. Why? Let me tell you a very important concept. In berachot, when we make berachot, there are three categories of berachot. There's one. All berachot fall into three categories. Category number one are berachot which are known as berachot These are blessings we make when we give thanks to Kadosh Baruch Hu before we partake in any benefit in this world. For example, the berachot that we make on eating and drinking, like shehakol, me- mezonot, or boreh priayetz. All these berachot are called berachot nehenin. The second category of berachot are berachot that we make on mitzvot. For example, the berachot that we make on hadlakat nerot, the berachot that we make on lulab, <coughs> on sukkah, on 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 the on tefillin. And the third category of berachot are berachot hasheba. Those are berachot that we make praising Hakadosh Baruch Hu for. What he has given us. For example, Brikat al Brikat Levana, Brikat Hama, Yotse Hamirot in the morning. All these are called Brichat Shibbah. Now there's a very important difference between Brikat al and Brikat Hashabah. We're not talking about Brikat Mazwat right now. And people make a mistake in this. Brikat al Nainin Hazat tells usula not ma'am azeh codem beli uh Excuse me. Asulah not ma'am, you're not allowed to benefit from this world without biracha. Okay, so therefore. You can't eat and then make your berakha. You can't drink your water and then bake Shehakol. Rather, you make Shehakol and then you could eat and then you could drink. Okay? So therefore, you first make the blessing and then you partake in the benefit. However, when it comes to berakhat Hashem, it's the exact opposite. First, you benefit and then you praise Hashem for it. For example, berakhat el and if you remember, first you're supposed to look at the moon and then make the barakha. Okay? Why? Because you're praising Hashem. First see it and then praise it. So when it comes now to the berakhah of Boreme Oreha es, the fire that we make says Shabbat, you have to know, although there is a machloket of, uh, on this barakha, if it's barakha and majority of opinions rule that the barakha of Boreme Oreha es is barakha Tashibah. Which means first he's supposed to benefit from the fire on Motzei Shabbat, and only then do you make the bracha of bore Me'ore ha'esh. That's very very important. It's like brachat Okay, so therefore, when we tell you to look at your fingers, bend your your hand, your fingers, and look at your hands to tell the difference between your fingers and the your nails, you're supposed to first look at your fingers, and then make the bracha. That's the way it's supposed to be done. Now I have to point out though. That there are opinions that say otherwise, there are opinions that say no, do it the other way. Um, but still, the there are people who make a compromise. Mekaradin, you're supposed to do it like the way we said, which is bend your fingers and then make the beracha. That's the proper way to do it. However, there are those who make a compromise and they say now first look at the light. You don't need, by the way, to look at your fingers. It's not an obli- it's it's good, but it's not an obligation. Meaning to say, for some reason, let's say you're tied down. You cannot, your hands, you cannot pick up your hands and you make a barakah of Abdallah. As long as you're able to see the light and benefit from the light, you're close enough to the light, then you can make the barakah You don't even have to, by the way, to shut off the lights. As long as you're in the close proximity of the fire of the Abdallah candle and that you know that if the lights have been shut off, you could benefit from that light, that's good enough to make the barakah You don't need to shut off the light. And same thing, you don't need to pick up your fingers either. So therefore, look at the light, benefit from it, Make the brachah boremi Ha'esh and then afterwards look at your fingers. Okay, this way you cannot make a compromise between all the taught and uh, basically you make a compromise. That's what it is. One more point about brachat boremi Ha'esh, and that is the latest time for a person to be able to make brachah boremi Keep in mind, you don't have to make brachah boremi the fire brachah on the fire if you don't have it. So if you're in the hospital where they don't let you put on the candle and you have to make Havdalah, or you're in a hotel, and again, you don't have Havdalah candle, or they don't let you make Havdalah, or even if you're in your own house, and you don't have any fire in the house, then what you do is, you make the Havdalah without ish. If you come across fire that is providing light, after you made Havdalah, and you, make, you want to make ish, you should, but the latest time to do that according to the Eshel Abraham, is after Alot HaShahar, some say even up to sunrise, according to HaMabadiyah, and some say up to Mishayakir, which is basically between dawn, Alot HaShahar, and sunrise. But everybody agrees, even past Alot HaShahar, you can make a bracha of bore meore HaEsh. That is it for the, the halachot of Boreh Meoreh HaEsh. I just want to conclude... With the following, a practical guide of what a person should use the Khatala as a candle for Boraimir Haish. If you have the luxury of doing it, if you're able to do it, this is what's the Khatala. And then we're gonna tell you all the way to the bidyaba, bidiyaba with the uh, last, you know, the last thing on the list. And why are we telling you these? Because the Khatala in your own house, now that you listen to the class, whenever you listen to this class, go ahead and buy this, khatala. especially we're coming up to days of elul and we're supposed to Enhance our performance of Mizvot. So this is what you're supposed to do. But in Bani'a Abad, you find yourselves in situations in Abad, you find yourselves sometimes away on vacation, sometimes in other people's houses, sometimes in the hospital. Allah Aleyna, or Baruch Hashem, you had a baby Mazatov and you're there on Matzah Shabbos and you have to make a ish, and you want to know what to use. Okay, let's start with the best things that you can use. The best, best thing is, you know, those candles that they said, that they sell, that's called the Abdullah candle, which basically it's a wax candle. And everything is intertwined. Basically, many candles are intertwined together. That when you put on the candle, many flames are touching each other. Besides that intertwined, the the body of the candle itself is intertwined. Those are really the best candles to use for Havdalah. Uh, this is according to all opinions. Everybody would agree that's the best one. If you don't have such a candle, you could still make it on other. Remember, you can even make it on one little flame. You could make you could take two candles, regular two wax candles, put them next to each other that the flames are touching each other, and then make a bracha or ish. The other option, if you don't have it, then you could also take two matches, it doesn't have to be a candle as long as you know that the matches are going to be able to last by the time you make the bracha and look at it. So, if you're one of those people that says such a long bracha. And the candle is going to shut off by the end of the barakah. You're right. Maybe I mean, the, the excuse me, not the candle. The the match is going to shut off. So maybe it's not good for you to make it on a match. But technically on match, even on a lighter, two lighters, put the flames next like to each other. If you're lighting for the sake of providing light, you can make a barakah on it as well. If you don't have those options, then go back on the list. Wax candles or matches, even if you have only one. Like a is supposed to have an abukai, remember, like a, a double flame. But even if you have one, it's also good enough. And when you're stuck and you really have nothing else, then you go to your stove, you shut off the stove, make sure it's off at least, and then put on your stove for the sake of providing light. Now, even though we don't need so much light, but you don't need so much light even in the candle. So if you put on your stove for the sake of providing light, because you want to benefit from the light of the stove, then you can make a bracha also on the stove. Okay? And like we mentioned beforehand, whenever you make a bracha on the fire on Motzei Shabbat, you don't need to shut off the candles as long as you as long as you benefit from it. And what's called benefiting from it, you don't have to actually physically benefit, but as long as you're in the pl- close proximity that you know you can benefit from it, that is also good enough. Adkan is the laws, all the laws of borei es. There's one more detail which we can discuss later on, and that is women and the bracha borei es. We'll talk about that asat Hashem when we get to the chot of women. And now we move a little bit quicker in the Benish. Hi. <clears throat> when making of in the shul, he says, If you're in the shul and you're making of the land in the shul, which most people do, okay, you listen to the land in the shul and you say the haba with in the shul, then you have to pay attention. Not just pay attention. Everybody's eyes should focus on the cup of wine. Even the one making the Havdalah should look at the wine. And don't just get up, pick up yourself, and move around until the Hazan finishes the whole Havdalah, including, and of course, the last Beracha, which is the main Beracha, which is, And not like like those... um, Fools, basically, that are walking around there, can't wait to leave. Oh, Shabbos has been so long. Shabbat is so long and draining. We got to get out already. Finish Abdullah already. No, don't be like those people. This guy's going to put on his shoes. And this guy's looking for a son or his friend to walk home with. And it turns out that they're missing out the main part of the Abdullah. And really, we see this many times in the shuls. People making Abdullah in the shuls they're listening to the, either the Hazan or the Rabbi making Abdullah and they're not praying, paying proper attention. And he said, no, people most of the time pay attention to the first three berakhot. When it comes to the abdallah, the Yetzirah starts working. And everybody starts talking, walking, so they get up. The berakhah didn't even finish. and I not even talk about the person drinking it. You're supposed to wait till the person who's making abdallah Finishes drinking the cup of wine. But I'm not even talking about that. People are already saying Shabbat before the person finishes the barakah of Hamabdil. And that's the main part of Avdala. If you miss that barakah and you spoke in that barakah you didn't do anything. It's it's ridiculous. People just get up and they walk. Therefore, Hamazir v'handazhar. Right? A person has to be careful and has to warn other people. You have to make sure you wait till the whole Avdala. Don't let Yetzirah get you. And it's very, very important that people should know about this halakha and people don't know about it and they don't realize it. they just, you know, they're not thinking. So therefore, I make sure that if you're making Abdallah, either in the shul anywhere else, and you're listening to somebody else, you wait till you hear the whole thing and you don't speak, interrupt in any way until the end of the person drinking from the Havdallah. I want to point out something. In some Kehillot, in some congregations, when they say brachata HaGefen, after the hazan, or the person making the havdalah, says the bracha of everybody starts to laugh. You know, if you, I've seen somebody who wasn't familiar with the minhag, and he came and he was sitting there on Shabbat and listening to the havdalah from the hazan, and all of a sudden the hazan says agafen, everybody starts to burst out in laughter. He didn't know this was a custom, so he thought he missed the joke. He missed out on the joke. And he was looking around. What did I miss? What happened? Who did what? I, I want. To, I also want to laugh, right? So the question is, how come everybody laughs? And I, there's no source for the laughing. I have not seen any source for the laugh, for laughing, and even the communities that do it, they never did it in the old country. Okay, they never did it in the old country. They never left. It was all something that was made up here in America. How come they laugh? And the answer why they laugh is they say that it's a good siman. You're beginning the week right now, right? Abdullah is the beginning of the week of the new week. It's Motzei Shabbat, which is the first night of the week. And therefore, in the beginning of the week, you want to start off the week with laughter. Okay, makes sense. It's not a problem of interruption. You're not saying any words. But, but, and you have to be very careful. Because, unfortunately, a lot of problems do extend from this beta, from this uh, custom of laughing. I'm not, you're not going to be able to break them in of laughing. It's good, why not? Laugh. Laugh all you like. The problem is, is when the laughing goes to the next level and people already start interrupting by talking. I've seen places where after making Berkhat one guy actually announces it. Everybody laugh! And everybody laughs. laughs. But you're not supposed to talk. You're listening to have that. It's like you're making it, that. You're not supposed to interrupt. Rav Akiva Eger quoted by Halakha, says if the person making the speaks between and brachat HaMavdil, it's a bracha libatala. Excuse me. No, not only does he speak. He says, even if you make the wrong bracha, let's say by mistake, yeah, let's say by mistake, you made a bracha on something that's a which doesn't have a smell. You thought it had a smell, but it doesn't have a smell. So it's a bracha libatala. It's called an interruption. You made a hefsek. You have to go back and say, I it again. cover when the guy is saying, laugh. That laugh has nothing to do with Abdullah. Don't tell me it's part of that. It's nothing to do with that. There's no source for it. Again, you want to laugh? It's fine, but be careful. Other times, I've seen where it already extended that when people come to the Besameim, everybody goes, ah, okay. Again, you're not saying any words. It's not a problem. But when people say, wow, this smells great, when they're talking about datsa Besameim, this is ridiculous. What, what, who cares about your comment? You want to put, post a comment, go to any website where they leave you a place where you can put comments, and write what you want. I think Yeshiva World uh, News, go right over there. On every Malti Shabbat, today's Besamim smelled good. What do you have to tell everybody in the shul? It's an interruption. And when you do it, it causes everybody else to do it. And sometimes there's a Makhlok. No, it smells good. No, it doesn't smell good. So, Rabotai, besides, you know, if you want to do all human hagim, make sure that you keep the kar Halakha. Do not speak to interrupt from the beginning of the Havdalah, from the beginning of the brachata HaGefen, until the person making the Havdalah Finishes drinking from the Havdalah. These are important ma- it, things to not just do for ourselves to keep in mind, but we also have to warn others in order that they should be say the Havdalah, like the way Hazal when we in it. Keep in mind, if you don't do Havdalah, you can eat, which leads us to now the next Halakha. Okay, next Halakha is talking about a person. I'm not going to read it inside because we're running out of time, but the Benishai says if a person is hard of hearing. And he's sitting in the shul, and he cannot make up the land but he wants to make it in the shul. It's a very unique case. Says ben you know what you should do? Look at the cup of wine that the Hazan or the rabbi has in front of him, and you make your own beracha along with him. Meaning, he's holding a cup of wine, even though you don't have a cup of wine with you, but you could see the cup of wine. Make the beracha of hadgifin along with him. Then you have your own besamim. You make atze besamim. You're close enough to the light. Then you put out your hand, you make the bracha of boreh and then you look at you, uh, you look at uh, and then I mean you look at your hand, and then you make the of boreh moreshet, and then you make the bracha of while looking at the cup of wine, and then when he drinks from him, that's fine. Now is that No, lechatolah is supposed to hear it from the person making the havdalah, but because you're stuck in a situation which is bediavad, you're sitting all the way in the back, you can't hear the hazan, you can't move up to hear the hazan for whatever reason. So this is what you have to do. I want to point out that if you are listening to Havdallah through a microphone and you cannot hear it without the microphone, then you're not yet say the Haba either. Same thing. You cannot be Yot say the by listening to Havdallah on the radio. Even Jirut, believe it or not, yeah. Even Jeru, Even if it's live streaming, there's no second difference. It's Yashar. It doesn't make a difference. A person who cannot hear with his own e- e- ears the, the sound of the person making the Havdalah is not, you'll say, of Havdalah. You have to hear it directly. Okay? Halakha <laughs> Yudhit. Halakha <laughs> Yudhit, like we just said beforehand. Uh, oh, sorry, I missed one point. One point in Halakha and that is there is a segula, you know, when everybody runs after the Havdalah, everybody runs to take from the grape juice or from the wine and they put it over their eyes. Actually, that's brought down. That's brought down, I think, the drisha, or the prisha, prisha or the drisha brings down. You take from the wine that you use to shut off the candle and put it on your eyes. Some people put it on their heads. They put it in their pockets for Samantov. Okay, on the eyes, it's brought down to show the Habub of Nuzad, the loved Nuzad. And some say that that has, since it was a cup that you made the beracha on it, you made the mitzvah with it. So therefore, she mitzvot ar mi'akibina puranut which means they can prevent bad things from happening. So people take showers and they're like, fine, you can do whatever you like. It's not a problem. But certainly to put it over your eyes, even a little bit on the forehead, that's recorded, that's brought down. And one who does so is great. Also, another segulah that's brought down is to smell the candle once it was shut off. I always used to, I don't remember where. I remember hearing it or seeing it a very long time ago. That when you smell the candle on what's Shabbat, it's good for memory. And you're supposed to say the Pasukh, Zakru rat Moshe Abdi and then take a sniff from the candle. I haven't I, I looked for the source, I couldn't find it. There's one more book that I need to look at, which I don't have right now with me. It's gonna take me a few weeks till I get that book, hold of that book. But um otherwise I haven't I don't I didn't see it anywhere, but I remember seeing it maybe somewhere a long time, unless my memory is failing me. The other thing that's brought down is a segulai to smell the candle, it's brought down that also saves one from fires. There's many, many segulot besides the one. Now, I just mentioned, there's many, many segulot also smelling the candle and the grape juice is left afterwards from when a person shut off the candle with it. Shabbat. Here are important halachot: Eating and drinking before making hafdalah. Remember, we just mentioned, you cannot eat or drink before you make hafdalah. I see we're running a little bit short on time. I'm going to start reading probably outside. Maybe I'll select a few things. Okay. So let's begin. The Gemara says in the following words. It's a little scary, these words. But the Gemara says them, we have to know it. The Gemara says, Anybody who tastes or eats, basically, any food, before he makes Havdalah, his death is through askara Askara was a sickness that Rashi explains, which causes one to basically choke Okay, begins from the stomach, it goes up to the throat, and causes one to choke. That's the death that the Gemara attributes to the students of Rabbi Akiva, the 24,000 students who died from Rabbi Akiva's students, they died in the Mitat Askara. Okay, now, what's Ahlach? Ahlach says, Shuhan Ruch brings it down, Asul Echol Abdil. One cannot eat and once it gets dark until he does have the What does it mean when it gets dark? Simple meaning, Mushat yeah, I would say means Motzei Shabbat. Comes the Magin of Raham says, No, Meshatahshach means even Safek HaShachah, which we call Benish Mashot. In English, that's called sunrise, Sunset. Once the sun sets, and Benash Mashot begins, according to Magen of Raham, you cannot eat. And that is not only the opinion of Magan of Raham, that's also the Benish Hai, and that's the opinion of many Aharonim that say that once the sun sets, on Shabbat afternoon, if you didn't make Havdalah yet, you cannot make Havdalah. Excuse me, you cannot eat until you make Havdalah. You cannot eat, by the way, and you cannot drink either until you make Havdalah. However, there's a task. The task explains that when Maran says, Asul Echol it means you're not allowed to eat or drink. When it gets dark, it means motzae Shabbat, which means when Shabbat is completely over, which is Setak and therefore, according to the Taz, Ben Neshbashot, the person is allowed to eat. But Mosah did not go with the Taz. So therefore, now we have a question. What do you do if a person now prayed bin Ham, and he didn't have al Shalishit yet, and he looks at his watch, it's already Shekia. Of course, he's supposed to begin Sehudah before Shekia, before sunset on Shabbat afternoon. But let's say a person didn't. What do you do? You miss out? You miss out on Sehudah Shalishit? Or... You say, no, listen, I'm not allowed to eat. Or you say, no, it's a mezvah. And therefore, it's a mezvah. And there one goes in such an area. The answer is as follows. After bringing many reasons, we're going to tell you why. The consensus of this money of the post scheme, is that you could make, you could start 15 minutes after sunset. Up to 15 minutes after sunset, you could even start again, it's supposed to start before Shekia, before sunset. But if it's already sunset, you have up to 50 minutes to begin your Sardash Yashid. And once you begin Sardash you can continue eating. And certainly, if you began Sardash Yashid before sunset, for sure you can continue eating after sunset as well, going into the night. Okay? What's the reason now we're making? We just told you, most Aharonim, rule like the again, Abraham. that Safek HaShekha, you can't eat or drink. So why now you tell me the Alatum? So, number one is, first of all, you have the Taz. So, already it um, creates a suffix. Besides that, if you really think about it, you remember we spoke at length in a few different classes about the whole concept of Benesh Bashot, And we explained that Shohana that, that, Ruch rules like Rabbeinu Tam, which means that really the real Benesh Bashot, according to Maran, doesn't begin until 58 and a half minutes after what we know as Sunset. So really, when a person is eating within those 15 minutes, technically, according to Maran, it's considered daytime. So certainly, according to Maran, you can eat then, and there's no problem. So that's another reason to be matir only for surat mizvah. Not for anything else, but only surat mizvah. Two more reasons. Number number three is that there is a concept, uh, not a concept, but basically, over here, we're in Benesh Bashot, which is Safiq, right? There's a Safiq now, if you're obligated to do, to keep or to eat, and there's a safek, if you also now, if you're allowed to eat or not. So therefore we say, the safek of the mitzvah, of, of making safeq, will come and push away, the safek if you're allowed to eat or not. And the last reason, why we this halakha, to eat within 15 minutes, after sunset, to eat Sardash al-Sheet, is, it's because that's a minhag. Minhag is that even after sunset, you have 50 minutes, people do wash and they eat after sunset. So therefore, yes, when you're making the schedule for the shul, you're supposed to make it, that you're supposed to have enough time before sunset to make have al-sheet. Uh, but if even if a person was delayed and he finds himself after sunset, as long as you're within the first 15 minutes, you could make Havdalah. Okay? Next, Halakha, Halakha, Yutet, is pretty similar. In Halakha Yud Haid we discuss eating before Abdallah and Halakha Yud talks about drinking before Abdallah. So says the Banish Haid over here, the Halakha is that one should not drink anything before making Abdallah either once the sun sets. Of course, we're talking about over here that you're not in the middle of the If you're in the middle of the Sa'udah Shilishit, so we told you, you read, a lot of continue Sa'udah Shilishit, a lot of continue even drinking in the Sa'udah Shilishit. We're talking about a person who is not in the middle of the He had Sa'udah Shilishit earlier. And now he wants to drink. You cannot drink after sunset. The only thing they are allowed to drink is what? Water. Plain, simple water. Water, you allowed to drink before making Havdalah. They will not go there on water, according to most opinions. However, however, even though technically you allowed to drink water in ben ash before making Havdalah, still, ben Ishaib brings over here and brought down also by the Ramah, now, many people refrain from drinking water by Ben Shot. You know why? Because it's brought down by the Rishon, yeah, I think it's a Rokeah, that if a person drinks water by Ben Shot, it's like he's stealing from his relatives who are dead. A lot of people explain that to me in al Shabbat. What does that mean? It means that a person who drinks water by Ben shot so like, this is very spiritual and Kabbalistic. It's beyond us to understand. But basically, the souls in Gehenna are burning, Right? When does Gehennam shut off? It shuts off on Shabbat. When does it go back on? Motzei Shabbat. So when they, when the fire is turned back on on Motzei Shabbat, the souls are going to Gehinnam and They burn. Sometimes they get a little bit of break to go wash themselves in water to cool themselves off in the water. When they drink water at that time, it's like you take away from their water. Again, this is Kabbalistic. It's not a deen, but one who could be Mahmir not to drink even water before making Avdalah Ta'boa Alav Beracha. Now to summarize everything, let's. Put everything let's make everything clear number one is one cannot eat or drink after sunset until making hafdalah number two one could only drink water minhaddeen although some are mahmeel like we just mentioned but still minhaddeen you could drink water before making hafdalah after sunset Hakam ben zion says that even tea and coffee without sugar at all could be permitted for those who are sick or those who are elderly Number three, halakha number three, is that one could begin Sa'udah elishit after sunset, provided that's only within the first 15 minutes. Number four, if a person was already eating or drinking before sunset, he must stop his eating or drinking once sunset comes, even though he started eating beforehand. Remember, the only exception is Sa'udah Shalishit, but if he's eating regular snacks, he's eating fruits, he's eating potato chips, he's drinking uh, wine, he has to stop once the sun sets, However, if it's If it's something that you would normally make brachav, you normally make mezzanot, but if you'd eat a lot of it, you make hamotzi, since that's like a little bit of a safek, you could eat it up to 15 minutes, up to ben basically, up to 13 and a half minutes after sunset. With that, we move on now to Halakha chaf. Halakha chaf, the benishai talks about this is important. We mentioned this in the past. We'll do it quickly now. After, on Sa'odash You make a on So most of the time, people finish the Sa'odash already into the night. So there's a mitzvah. Whenever you have people eating together, or even by himself. there's opinions in halakha, that you're supposed to make Berkhat a cup of wine. Just like you make a douche on a cup of wine. You make a wedding, a on a cup of wine, a brit milah on a cup of wine. Berkhat so hashub that it requires a cup of wine. There's a few opinions. There's three opinions in Shuhanuch in Saman Kufpe bit, I believe. Yeah. Kufpe bit or Kufpe Dalit. You'll check it out. Anyway, over there, the opinions are as follows. One opinion says that whenever you make Brichatmazon, even if you're eating by his third opinion says, no, nah, you don't need berkhat, you don't need wine on Brichatmazon at all. Okay? So now, when it comes now to lishit, you finish lishit. now you want to make Brichatamazon. Could you make a Brachat Mazon a cup of wine? Remember, if you make a Brachat Mazon a cup of wine, you have to say I given after I was drinking it. We just said, you can't drink before making Abdallah. And if you're going to drink it already, it's going to be either in Benes or after Benes Basot, and you already finished your meal. So could you drink or not? Do you say that this cup of wine is connected to Brachat Mazon, and therefore you could drink? Or do you say, no, you finished Brachat Mazon, and now you haven't made Abdallah, so you can't make a Brachat on a cup of wine. So, Magen Abraham points out, and many go with this Magin Abraham. But Magin Abraham says, if you're a person who never makes Brachat Amazon a cup of wine, then you can't make Brachat now a cup of wine on, on al-Sheet. Why? The fact that you don't make Brachat a cup of wine means you're holding, like the opinion says, Brachat Amazon really doesn't require wine. So why are you make it? So you can't drink anymore. So this cup of wine is not, not. Be, you can't do it now. You can't make Brachat now Saudash so al on a cup of wine. That's Magin Abraham. Many bring him. The Mekubalim point on the, and the Chambetzion uh, goes with this as well is that since Api Zohar, there's an obligation to say Brechat on a cup of wine, okay, only when you have three, not when you're doing it by yourself, and you're not when we're doing it only when you have three, there's an obligation at all times. So the fact that you don't make Brechat Amazon a cup of wine all the time doesn't exempt you on. Sawdash or any other time. You're supposed to always make Brichhat when you have three men eating together on a cup of wine. So therefore, if you're making if you're having sadash and you're finished, according to you always make on a cup of wine, regardless if you regularly or you don't regularly make Amazon on a cup of wine. You must always make it on the cup of wine and drink from it. Many people I know that's or Namakpin, are making brachatmazon wine. So they'll hold the cup of wine, but then they won't drink in the leafer of You're supposed to also drink from it. Okay? Benish Hai explains: he says that when we say you're regularly that if you make mazon regularly on a cup of wine, it means even if you only do it on Saudash al you could also do it on a cup of wine by Saudash al Meaning Let's say you never make brachad a cup of wine when you have a zimun, when you have three people. But seder you on Shabbat you to use a cup of wine. That's called. That's even according to again, Muhammad will agree that you could make brachad a cup of wine. By us in the shul, we always make brachad a cup of wine and we drink it afterwards. Although other shuls don't do it, I don't understand why not. You know, we have enough opinions that permit it, but you know, certainly everyone has his, you know, has what to rely on has the source for why they do drink or they do not drink on uh, they don't drink the cup of wine after when it's already after sunset halakha khaf alif okay now we're getting to a important halakha what is the deen when making hafdallah? should one sit or should one stand the answer that really the kobo brings down, since you are saying goodbye to Shabbat, Shabbat is known as the Shabbat queen. So therefore, you're escorting the queen to walk out of, to leave Shabbat. So it's not respectable. It's respectful that a person should make Havdalah s- uh, sitting down. You have to stand up to escort the Shabbat on its way out. And therefore, says the kobo, you're supposed to make Havdalah standing up. That's the opinion of the kobo. However, the Tosafot disagree with that. Those of say, what's going on? How could you make Havdalah standing up? When you make Havdalah standing up, you make a bracha on a given, and you make it on behalf of everybody. So therefore, the you have the law, the, you have the halakha. Whenever somebody is making a bracha, where everybody else is also partaking of it, you're supposed to be sitting down. If, I, if you want me to cover you for the bracha of mezonot on a piece of cake, we're supposed to sit down, and then I'll make the bracha of mezonot on the cake. I, I shouldn't be standing up. you have to sit down. So also, he says to Tosafot, you're supposed to really sit down when you make havdalah, because you make a bracha of hagefin. Now, obviously, this means only if you're drinking from a cup of wine. But really, if you're not drinking from a cup of wine, technically, you don't have to sit down. But Tosafot still says, if you're standing up, it could also work. Why? because you're Kavuah. The whole idea of sitting down means that you set yourself now to cover another person with a Berakha and the Berakha of given. But now that we are setting ourselves to be Yotseid, the Berakha of Habdala, which we don't have to sit down for the Berakha of Hammabdil, so therefore it also works for given as well. Shohana Rukh rules that when one is making Habdala, since he's covering other people, he has to sit down because you have to be Kavuah. And that's the ruling of the Shohana And technically it should be the ruling that all Sifar Adim should follow. By the way, this applies not only to the Kahal, but it applies to the person making the Havdalah as well. He should also be sitting down. However, the Ramah says that the minhag is like the Kobo, that everybody stands up in order to escort Shabbat on its way out. This is the background to this Halakha. Technically, according to this Halakha, when you're making Havdalah by yourself, for yourself, then you should be standing up. Because think about it. Even the Tosaford that Beit Yosef brought down to argue on the Kolbo, the ones who say they're supposed to sit down is only because you want to cover another person. But if you don't want to cover another person, then you have the reason the Kolbo, you're escorting Shabbat on its way out, and therefore you would want to say the Berakha, or say the whole Abdullah standing up. This way you stand up when you escort the Shabbat out. Okay? However, there is opinions that you should know. Rabhaim Palachi, he brings from the Kubalim. Even if you make it by yourself, you should be sitting down. Allah, I haven't seen anybody besides him that says you sit down even when you're saying it alone. In any case, in any case, the Ashkenazim always stand up by Havdalah. And if I remember correctly, in Syria and Halab, they used to stand up. If I remember correctly. Not only that, Ben Yishai says in Iraq, they also used to stand up by Havdalah. And I've seen many kehillot where the rabbis, where the person making Havdalah stands up only and everybody else sits down. By us in the shul, we it's a smaller shul, so therefore we all sit down, including the one making the havdala. But again, each one does like his minhag, preferably according to Maran. Everybody should be sitting down, even the one making the havdala. But if one stands up, certainly you have the Ramah. you have the, like the minhag was in high in Benishai's time, and also keep in mind that technically the Tosafot which says that you're supposed to sit down only because you're covering another person, that's all if you're drinking from it. If you're not drinking from it, then technically it shouldn't apply either. We have 10 minutes left of the class. If anybody would like to call in or text in your question, get the numbers 718-683-5858. That's to call in. I'm not going to take any questions until after 10 minutes, till after 3 o'clock. And if you want to text in your comments or questions to 347-927-8398. We have a few other left. I'm going to go to the next Halakha, Halakha, the Havdalah for a woman, and then we'll jump around or just basically summarize. I want to finish today the Halakhot of Motzei Shabbat. So the, next week will be Rosh Chodesh Elul, and already we have to get to the Halakhot of the holidays, Rosh Yom Kippur, Sukkot. We have plenty of halachot that we still have to cover coming up. Let's begin with this Halakha, Halakha, khafbet. Women making Havdalah. Let's give you a little bit of a background. There is a Mahloket Rishonim, if women are obligated to make Havdalah, or not. If a woman should make hav- Havdalah or they exempt from Havdalah? What does that mean? Why? And who says what? Rabbin Yona. <coughs> says, women are obligated to make Havdalah. You know why? Because it's part of the Shabbat. Even though, yes, it's already Motseh Shabbat, but still, it's part of Shabbat. Zachor amor, and therefore, just like she's obligated in Shamo, she's obligated in zachor. Certainly, according to the Rambam, who holds that zachor, includes, which is the mitzvah deoraita, includes even havdalah. So certainly, women are obligated in havdalah. Now, what about the ones that the ones that hold that Hakamim are the ones who instituted havdalah? Even they'll agree. Even they'll agree. According to Rabbi Yonah that women are obligated also in Havdalah, Motzai Shabbat, it's part of Shabbat. That's the opinion of Ben Yonah. However, Bet Yosef quotes the Orchot Hayim, who says that, since the Havdalah on a cup of wine is being said on Motzai Shabbat, which is a weekday already, that's beginning of the week, so therefore it has nothing to do with Shabbat. Why should women be hayam? That's a Mahlokit. What is the Psak Well, we have Shohan Ruch Maran writes, women are obligated in making Havdalah on Motsay Shabbat. However, there are those who argue. But clearly, according to Maran, he's going with the opinion of Rabin Yuna and many others, of course, that women are obligated to make Havdalah on Motsay Shabbat. The Ramah writes, because there's a Mahlouk, he says, better for the women not to make Havdalah on their own, better that they should hear from men the Havdalah. Okay? And therefore, with that, we'll go to the next step. For the Sfaradim, majority of the opinions hold that women can make Abdallah, they're obligated just like men are. Women make Abdallah on their own and not only that, but even men can make Abdallah for the women if they were Yot say already since women themselves are obligated. There's no difference between men and women. Okay? However, however, if women do know how to make their own Berakot, they know how to read Berakot on their own, then yes, they have to say it on their own. They should say the whole because Maran rules that when it comes to all these belachot like Kiddush and anything else, if a person knows how to read it himself, he has to be outside the havdalah by himself and not have somebody else cover him. So likewise, we say the same thing: if a woman knows how to make havdalah, she should make havdalah on her own and not have somebody who already made havdalah make it for her. Okay? The Ashkenazim, remember, according to Rama, they Rama says. Don't make it on your own. Try to listen to another man making it. Which is the best way. If a husband comes home, he hasn't made Abdallah yet. You know, according to this, the best thing is a husband should make Abdallah. This is, a, according to all opinions, is the best thing. If the husband doesn't make Abdallah in the shul, or if he has intention that he doesn't want to make Abdallah in the shul, he can come home and make Abdallah for his wife. He should do that. Okay? For Azim, the Ba'ah brings down, even if you want to go with the opinion that says, that women are exempt from Havdalah, if the woman want to accept it upon themselves, they can do so. Certainly, they can do so. However, it's still preferable for them to hear it from the men who have not yet made Havdalah. So, so far at this stage, just to summarize very quickly, a woman should, a woman in Sfadadiyah can make her own Havdalah without a problem. If the husband hasn't made Havdalah, of course, you listen to the husband's Havdalah. For Ashkenazim, a woman should try to hear Lakhathalah from the man making it, if there's nobody around to make Havdalah for her, no men around to make Havdalah for her, then she could also be Then she could also make her own Havdalah. Okay. The question is what about a man who already made Havdalah? Guy made Havdalah already, now he is coming home. And his wife knows how to make Havdalah So we said for this Faladim, wife should make her own Havdalah. For the Ashkenazim, for the Ashkenazim, so really in this case also. There's a, there's a question. On one hand, if you hold that women are obligated, so then you can make Abdallah for them, and you can be motzi them. And you don't have the problem if they know how to read already because you have the opinion of uh, the Ramah who says even if people know how to make Abdallah, you can be motzi them anyway. But if you hold that they really are exempt, how could you make a Abdallah for them? You're already exempt. So therefore, there's a whole big discussion with this. Okay? And... It comes out that if a person wants to make Havdalah for his wife, he could, even though he made Havdalah already. And the only thing is, even for the Sfaradim, if a woman knows how to make the bracha of Boreh oreha es alone, she should make her own. That's the opinion also of Hai. If you made Havdalah in the shul, and you're coming home to make Havdalah only for your wife or your daughters, then in that case, let her make the bracha of Boreh so oreha That's the khatela, let her make it. But if you make even, if you want to make even Boreh Ha'esh, is also Matirit. But Lechatela, and and hold that a woman should make the Boreh when her husband already made it. I want to point out something very important. And that is, if you have children above the age of six or seven who understand the concept of Shabbat, there is a mitzvah medirah mit banan to train them in making Havdalah. That they also have to hear Havdalah. And therefore... Listen to this. If you are Sfaradi or Ashkenazi, it doesn't make a difference. And you made Havdalah in the shul already. And you come home now. And your children who are above, boys. Your boys, children who are above the age of six or seven. That they understand what Shabbat is. You could also make Havdalah for them. الله, if they don't know how to make their own Havdalah. Which most children do not know how to make. Okay. And once you make a Havdalah for them. Women could also be say with the Havdalah from her husband, even a to his even the berakha of boreh me'oreh haesh. Okay? So we have a question over here. If you're making Avdala with Ashkenazim, do they have to stand up with them or could they be say, sitting down? Well, like we said beforehand, the reason for standing up for havdalah is to escort the queen. So, really, they should be standing up. If they do sit down, again, this is all din of preferably yeah, they should be standing up when making Havdalah it's like you would stand up by making Kiddush also in the evening so too over here they should be standing up although I haven't seen written down but just from the reasons that's what I'm talking from okay now we have exactly a few seconds left a minute maybe I'm just gonna uh oh, boy what to do over here you know what maybe next week yeah we're gonna have to stop over here it's already running out of time if you have any questions or comments, let me give you the phone number to the station. You can call on. I'm here for a few more minutes. Next week, Barzat Hashem, we'll just some, finish up the last few halachot, And then after that, Barzat Hashem, we'll, after those halakhot next week, we'll also go on to the halachot of Elul, as well as Rosh Hashanah. And all the holidays we'll explain, Barzat Hashem, next week. Numbers to the station are 718-683-5858. You can text in at 347 927 8398. We're here in the station. We'll answer your questions. And thank you for listening. Thank you to Iran and j Radio for hosting us. Until next week, have a wonderful week. And also a Chodesh Tov next week. We'll meet again on Wednesday afternoon, by Hashem, and then it will already be Rosh Chodesh Elul. And we're preparing ourselves by Zat Hashem, for the Yemea Rahmim as